Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This meeting is being recorded, and you are listening to another edition of Always Bet on Jack and Zach, presented by BetOnline.ag. You could sign up for BetOnline.ag by using what promo code, Zach? Capital B-L-E-A-V-50. And if you didn't hear him through the crappy Zoom audio, that was capital B-L-E-A-V-50 for that 50% bonus using betonline.ag. It's episode 514 of the podcast. Ladies and gents, Zachary Kelly, you said that we don't need an itinerary for this one. You got no list. You got no clipboard. So what in the hell are we talking about today? So I'll actually start in your sport first because I have to explain why your sport is both the most magical sport in existence. The most romantic yet, sport. Yes, yes, both, both those things. But yet the people in charge of your sport choose to make it to ruin every single part of that. This is an old story, but I don't care. Clayton Kershaw was having a perfect game. Through less than 80 pitches going into the eighth, and the manager didn't let him finish. Didn't even give him a single pitch in the eighth inning. The problem with baseball, and I thought it was turning around with people like Shohei Otani last year. I thought baseball is finally starting to realize this. The reason why the NBA and the NFL have overtaken it in recent years is because those commissioners and those general managers and those TV personalities understand that sports is theater. Not all sports is as theater as WWE is, but all sports for the most part is theater to one extent or another. And they know that theater is about the stars. And NBA and the NFL have promoted their stars and let their stars shine. Even when it wasn't necessarily the most optimal thing to do, they let their stars shine. And yet baseball has this amazing moment where the Dodgers, they are a historic, historic franchise. You know, going all the way back to their time in Brooklyn. And do you know how many perfect games they've had, Jack? One. One total perfect game in franchise history. That's how rare these are. That's how magical a moment we almost had. And just sabermetrics and money ball mentality ruined a moment that almost made someone that, like, hasn't liked baseball since 2015 almost be like, okay, hold on. I might come back, and it's just uh, shout-outs to Clayton Kershaw for uh, uh, amazing what he, he was able to do. I mean, to get that with only eight under 80 pitches, I mean, even with even at the perfect game, that's an incredible feat. But I, I, I think that moment was emblematic of the marketing and publicity problem that baseball has had over the past 10, 15 years. You done? Yes. So first of all, not just Los Angeles Dodgers manager – Osho alumni, the two-time World Series champion of the Los Angeles Dodgers. He also paid for my meal at first watch in 2019, Mr. Dave Roberts, making that decision to pull Clayton Kershaw uh, through seven innings, 13 punch in the process, taking out the Minnesota Twins out in Minneapolis up north, just underneath the border of Canada, eh? But um, I agree with you in the sense that they probably at very least should have let him go into the eighth with yes. a little bit of expectation. He only had 80 pitches. Like I said, 13 strikeouts in the process, was mowing him down, had no signs of, uh, mm-hmm. of slowing down. However, 
He is a human being. He was, he was on a pitch count. It was his first start of the year. It was a very limited spring training. I understand the fan aspect to it. Baseball is theater, but at the end of the day, he's a human being and they are not going to, and again, at the end of the day, as a fan, I'm disappointed. And I had this conversation with Darnell and Tyson Ross a few days ago. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, would you rather have him be pitching in October, which he wasn't last year? Would you rather him be pitching in October healthy or have him throw a perfect game his first start in the first week of April and then he goes down with an injury? God okay. knows, who knows, in the, in okay. the next few weeks. Two, two comments to that before we move on to the, to the next – or three comments. One, speaking of Darnell, congrats on that new show. Well, I've been watching the first two episodes, that show with Darnell, incredible. I'm really, I'm really loving that. That's going to be a good thing to look forward to. You can listen to it on YouTube and Spotify, ladies and gentlemen. There we'll we continue. go. Uh, you figured it out. You figured out the plug. There we go. Uh, second second note, uh, you mentioned he's a human being. So you tell me, do you think – I know Clint Kershaw, bet, super professional. He said all the right things in the press con- post-game press conference. Do you think he, 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 was, he agreed with that decision? Do you think he didn't want to go? Where in that eighth, do you think he didn't want to at least, at least the first batter, at least see what happens with the first batter in the eighth? And I get it. Have a short leash with him because I get it. He's been injured. He's been injured a, a lot. He's been, you know, you're trying to is just get new very early on in the season. But, and like, so even if, like, don't give him a no hitter, like, even if it's a walk, like, as soon as like the perfect game's gone, yeah, you yank him immediately. And then my second thing is you mentioned like the in, injury and stuff like that. I get what you're saying, but that doesn't change. Like, wh- what's it like? Wh- what if he in his first pitch in the next game, as opposed to it would have been his 81st pitch of that game, he got injured. Is that my, my thing is, I just if it was, if, I could completely understand if he was like over a hundred, over ninety, or over a hundred pitches. Like he was like he was he was slogging through to get to like. He, uh, to get through, uh, to get that perfect, perfect game so far. Like, it was like, uh, he's got to be tired. Under 80 in baseball, I mean, I, I get that he, he's coming off an injury and stuff like that, but I, the pitch count is what, uh, it just makes it hard for me. It's like, if it was 100, I, as a fan, it would hurt, but I, I could, you know, I could understand it knowing his history, but uh, under 80, that was what just made it too hard for me. But I still. In the sense that they should have let him go out for the eighth. Mm-hmm. I'll give you that. However, it, it, let's say the first two batters are really working up that pitch count up to 90, 95 pitches in the eighth. Yeah, I understand it. It's his first start. Yeah. But to have 80 pitches through, through seven innings, yeah, I would have liked to see him at least very yes. try and see what would happen in the bottom of the eighth. Again, he had no signs of slowing down. No, none whatsoever. All right, so I talked about the first topic. I'll let you springboard into whatever you want the second topic to be. Well, you picked my sport, so I guess we'll go into your sport. All right. The NBA playoffs have started, baby. It is April Madness National Basketball Association. I'm so happy. And I'm about to bring that happiness to a crashing Oh, really? You're going to do this to me? can't play for the Phoenix Suns this NBA playoff season. Who would have thought? Your Wait, thoughts. it's more than just game three and four? Wait, Your whoa, whoa. Wait, whoa, 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 hold on. Is there is there a different report? The Wolves report said he just wanted to play game three and four. Is he out for the entire playoffs? Was there a different report? I don't know. Are you, are you not watching the news? 
Uh, the Woolwich report, I, the, pro, the, the, the report I read from Adrian Wojnarowski just said he'll miss games three and four. I did not hear that he's out the rest of the playoffs. Oh, breaking news to you, Zach. Devin Booker is out for the rest of the NBA season. When did this news break? I Woj tweeted like You want to know when it broke? Mm-hmm. You want to know when it broke? Yeah. It never broke, you stupid son of a bitch. He's only missing games three and four, so you can relax. Take a chill pill, you gullible That's son right. of a bitch. You stupid, stupid son of a bitch. Here's the deal. There Devin better Booker's be a out for games three and four in this series. However, the Phoenix Suns are still going to rail. Rail! The Pelicans. Yes, yes, yes. So this is the if he's going to get hurt, this is the perfect time to do it. You have way too much talent uh, in the paint offensively uh, from Phoenix to I don't I, don't, I still don't think it's going to be close. No, I'm, I I agree. I Brandon Ingram and CJ McCollum had a good game, but I think you could tell the way they were playing on defense and stuff like that. The Suns just weren't taking it seriously. Um, you you are a little concerned now against the Warriors because the Warriors have looked really sharp. Uh, in the series. And I get the Nuggets, you know, they're pretty much just the Jokic show, but they've completely shut him down, who's probably going to be been back-to-back MVP. So, obviously, you feel good. Even if Luka comes back for the Mavs in the second round, you still probably feel good about that. But losing game two put a little bit of pause because, you know, people talk about the positives of having a young team. is like, oh, they're, they're not injury-prone. They're, you know, they can play them a bunch of minutes. They're going to play – a ton of defense. They're going to have all that energy. But the but the big downside, people forget with having a young team, is not outside of Chris Paul, there's not a lot of experience on this team, not a lot of maturity. And you saw that in game two because, like, they're number one seed, best team in the NBA. They destroy the Pelicans game one. And then game two, outside of Booker, everyone just – that looked like it was practice. Like, the, 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 the movement, Aiton was slow. Mikel Bridges, who – is probably going to be first team all defense was slow. So it's uh, it, the the Suns don't have to really worry about the first round, but it, it the West has shown it's it's not going to be a free trip to the back to the finals for them. They're definitely going to have some competition. Now I mean, we knew that going in, it was going to come down to probably Golden State and Phoenix, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm, and it's going to be very tough because Golden State looks like the Golden State of old, the way that they yes, performed. they didn't they didn't for the for a portion of the season, but so far in these first goal playoff games, I mean. Jordan Poole, uh, most approved player award winner in my opinion. Like he is uh, thirty-five points per game. Like this, like in the playoffs, I think so far. Like he he's incredible. Warriors are scary. Warriors Warriors are very scary. What about the Eastern Conference? All right, the East. So I would like to say uh, to all of the uh, Brooklyn fans, I told you so, you idiots. I told you so. I told you so. Boston Celtics are up 2-0 in that series. Y'all were feeling good. These are like, oh. Yeah, they're up 2-0 after two games at the TD Garden in Boston, okay? We're headed back to Brooklyn, baby. Oh, my. You just said Barclays. God. What, so Kyrie can give you another one-for-seven shooting in the second half like he did tonight? You're damn right. Oh, my God. So, but anyway, Boston, so outside of that series – I think the one interesting takeaway, mostly in the East, but overall throughout the playoffs, is outside of Golden State, Denver, I think every series has been more competitive than people thought. I mean, Jazz, Mavericks, people thought Jazz were going to roll, might roll through Dallas without Luka. That series is tied 1-1. Um, uh, the game's going on as the time of recording, but 
Chicago Bulls are at 14. They look like they're going to tie the series against Milwaukee. Obviously, Minnesota stole game one from Memphis. Pelicans stole game two. I mean, it is – outside of that and the Philly-Toronto series with Philly with a game winner by Embiid up 3-0, I think that's the real – and that who Embiid, Philly, that's kind of my dark horse in the East right now. I, I doubted them because, like, I don't trust James Harden, but Tyrese Maxey is playing phenomenal. I'm like, who's going to help Embiid? Because Harden is bad in the playoffs, but Tyrese Maxey is looking like that solution. So that's, that's right now my dark horse – these are comments. I'm rooting, still rooting for Jimmy Butler in my Miami Heat, but yeah, it's I say normally the first round of the NBA tends to be most of the series outside of like one or two tend to be a wash, but a lot of them are looking a lot more competitive. It's still like one of the one of the better first rounds we'll have. I mean, the, you uh, mentioned it, Bulls Bucks. I think Bulls Bucks has the potential to be like the series to watch in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, right which is, is crazy because if you would have. Told, told people uh, if you would have said that a, like a week ago before the series started, people would have called you crazy because Milwaukee, you know, defending champs getting hot at the end of the season. Bulls had injuries. Lonzo Ball's not playing. Alex Caruso, you're not sure where he was. Demar Derozan, you know, battle recovering from injury. His field goal percentage started to go down. You're like, you probably thought that was going to be one of the more less interesting ones. But then game one, even with Demar Derozan shooting only thirty percent. They, they barely lose that game, and uh, they were up by 14 at halftime. Uh, unless they choke this game, they tie the series. Yeah, the Chicago-Milwaukee, I agree with you. That might be the series to watch in this first round. Well, that's it for NBA news, because now we have to watch the games that are going on right now. Yes, 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 indeed. Does this mean right. it is time for... Michael, Michael Sarah, Sarah halftime half report. report. Let's do that one more time in sync, please. And thank you. The Michael, Michael Sarah halftime half report. report. Do it one more time. I don't know what the hell is going on with you tonight, Zach, but I am not loving your enthusiasm right but, now. One, two, three. The Michael, Michael Sarah halftime half report. Ord, 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 ord. That one was like in slow motion. Was. You so, mean, yeah, uh, before you say to. anything, please give me your honest take that you told me Friday night at Yanis Papas. Uh, no, at, at, don't at, me. At no. House of Comedy. Give it no. to me straight. What do you don't think of me. his new show on Hulu? Do I have to do it on both the new show and the trailer for his new movie? Do I have to get Well, I thought you only uh, had negative opinions on one. So, yes, since you told the audience, what's so, what do you think of Michael Sarah's new stuff? So, um, God, I can't even remember the title of the 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 animated feature that's coming out i saw the sonic uh sonic 2 movie and uh, i believe it's furry something because it's basically michael sarah plays a dog that becomes a samurai um in this new animated movie with uh samuel jackson as a cat samurai and it looks bad it looks really bad it looks like you remember emoji movie no, that sounds terrible. Yeah, I would never waste my time watching something it, it, like that. I, I never saw it. I'm just saying it just reminds me of that trailer. It's, look, it's looking like that, like Ice Age 3 level bad, unfortunately. I mean, who, maybe maybe it's just a bad trailer. There have been movies with bad trailers that end up being great, but the trailer for that, I saw. I finally got a peek at that. It was awful. And then Life and Beth, which I think he is good at, I will still attest, and that is my honest opinion, Michael Sarah is actually pretty decent in life, but I think he gives his best work. But I tried to avoid it. Amy Schumer and the writing team 
kind of put out a hot piece of garbage. I just got to give my honest opinion. Some Maybe some people will like it. It's definitely geared towards a more female audience. So I will say maybe a more female, more rom-com, more like, uh, or like, you know, city, city folk type of people that can relate to that environment more might get more out of it. But uh, someone that's never really been a fan of Amy Schumer's style of comedy and or that sort of like, girl from a small town moves to the big city, moves back to a small town, like type stories. It just, it didn't do anything new to the formula for me. And it, I still have high hopes because Michael Sarah still is confirmed to be in a Wes Anderson movie co-starring with John Goodman. And Wes Anderson is awesome. And John Goodman is awesome. There still is good Michael Sarah work coming down the pipeline. Just don't think his two most recent offerings are up to scuff. I will. So are you going to redeem honest. yourself? Do you have anything positive to say about Michael Sarah? Because so far, so, so far, so good. This is the greatest halftime show we've ever had. Oh, in my God. I told you. It's confirmed it's going to be in a Wes Anderson movie with John Goodman. So that's, that's my positive. That's old but, news. I think you mentioned that in the first ever Michael Sarah halftime report. Oh, my God. He actually pays attention. What do I do? Oh, no. I'm not just uh, all good looks, Zach. I got brains, too. Oh God, brain, brains and looks. I don't know if I, I don't have either. So that's gonna be tough for me to compete with. Yeah, I don't know. I, I say I, until until I hear more news or trailers. Uh, unfortunately, I gotta be honest. I, I I I I'm dripping in objectivity as as a new phrase I've learned. I am dripping in objectivity. I have to be objective. There's not a lot of good Michael Sarah. Still, he's our beloved. He's a dad. Just a reminder from last time. He's a proud dad and husband now. He is a great, beautiful man who is going to have more great work coming out of the pipeline. Just not his two most recent ones. And that is all she wrote on this unbelievable edition of the Michael, the Michael Sarah Halftime Report. We're going to try it one board, more board. time. I apologize for Zach's clumsiness on How? this episode. You keep changing your cadence. Dude, look at me. I'm like The Rock right now. Oh, my God. The Michael, Michael Sarah Halftime, halftime you know Report. You know what? You know what? No. no. Fuck you. you what else do you want to talk about? All right. All right. So, the other news to talk about. You may not care about this, but I do want to talk about uh, some of the NFL free agency stuff. Uh, so everyone was super high on the San Francisco 49ers going to this offseason. It's like, oh, my God, they nearly beat the Rams. They got to the Super Bowl, but Jimmy Garoppolo is their quarterback. They'll have Trey Lance next year, and they'll be all better. And somehow um, the front office and uh, Kyle Shanahan have messed all it up so bad that Debo Samuel, their best player, is demanding a trade. And it's likely, and one of the teams that are running is the New York Jets, by the way. So New York Jets might get Debo Samuel. So that's pretty exciting. So there's that news, which is crazy. Uh, Rams are going to have an easy, even easier path because on top of that, uh, Kyler Murray's holding out. Um, his agent took the one deal on the table. He says he might even go play baseball, minor league, for a year if he doesn't get what he wants. And so there's there's rumors the Jets and other teams might trade for that. So the cart, so – and Seattle's in a complete full rebuild, so the Rams are looking like they have a real easy shot at, uh, at easily winning the division and getting the home field advantage to try and get back to the Super Bowl. And then I just 
it, the, I don't know if there's – those are the two big ones for me, but the, the other part is everyone thought the Packers were dead in the water. Oh, Kirk Cousins, Minnesota's division. They signed a couple of receivers. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, maybe he's not clutching the playoffs recently, but he's looking like he – he might they after losing his you know his number one receiver to the Las Vegas Raiders. He might he might be getting uh, a new a new receiving core and he might make another playoff run. And you know Derek Carr finally got paid, got uh, forty million dollars per year, I believe five years. It was a two hundred million dollar contract, I believe. But uh, yeah, so a lot of so not a, not as big not nothing as big as Russell Wilson, but definitely some shifts, uh, some big some big moves making for agency. Anything you're looking forward to or any thoughts on those current situations like the Kyler Murray leaving Arizona or anything? Yeah, I initially when he like took all the stuff down on his social media pages and was holding out then like a couple months back, I, mm-hmm. I just assumed like, oh, baseball's back on the table, but everybody turned that away. So it's actually on the table again that he might go back to baseball. Yes, yes. Which is, uh, which is like you're only hurting yourself there, I got to be honest, because mm-hmm. you're going to be traveling now with a bunch of minor league baseball players who are crammed together, living together, not making a ton of money, having to pay for everything. Like minor league baseball is not easy. Mm-hmm. You're going to trade in guaranteed money, guaranteed face of the franchise type money to go play baseball for God knows who the, the Oakland A's. Are you kidding me? That's, that's probably what people are, are thinking. And that's, but I, I got to give credit to my dad. I almost never want to give him credit on sports opinions. But I have to give him credit on this one. He called this one literally even the beginning before last before last year. He's like, I think Kyle. I've heard rumors. Kyle, and now they're all the rumors are coming out that he's not a good leader, that he's a little spoiled and stuff like that. And I, I think Kyler might just be that bull of himself that he legit thinks, yeah, I'll be in the minus for like a month, and then you know a team will sign me. I'll just go play baseball instead and get I mean, there. I so it's yeah. I it, it's always hard to tell how much because usually the agent speaks for you. How much is it him being arrogant, and how much is did he just get, uh, unfortunately, higher bad representation? Like it's hard, always hard to know what what percentage goes to which. But yeah, there's it, it's kind of crazy. Uh, one last thing, unless you have another subject after this. Speaking of sports, I want to talk about. Uh, you mentioned it in your Magic Johnson, he Magic Johnson interview, but uh, even more hatred from uh, that Showtime team going towards Adam McKay's. Uh, HBO Max uh, show uh, win, uh, Winning Time, or I believe it's called Winning Time. I will yes. say this. I will say this. Jason Siegel's in that documentary, in that show, mm-hmm. plays a phenomenal job as the coach. I'm glad he, he's actually on a billboard in, in Los Angeles. Believe it or not, that's how is that's he? how damn good Jason Siegel is. I I believe that. But yes, I'm glad you corrected yourself with um, uh, going from documentary to show because. So many of the Lakers, not just your dear beloved Magic Johnson. So the two more recent ones that have now blasted the show are, uh, one, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. He literally wrote an op-ed about it, calling him saying, winning time is horribly inaccurate, but more tragically than that, it's dull. Just not just horribly criticizing the show. And then the big one, uh, I think it was either earlier today or yesterday, Jerry West said he was appalled at his betrayal in the show and demanded an apology and a retraction within two weeks. And they are serious. Like, which basically to me sounds like he's threatening libel is that what that sounds like to me. I, I, I will say that I can't remember which one's written, which one's spoken, but either way it's, 
it's so crazy because Adam, because you would think, you know, Adam McKay, all of those amazing, hilarious two early 2000s comedies he did with Will Ferrell, you think, and then, you know, he proved that he can do more serious subject with the big short. But then between after Don't Look Up and now this, you know, it's, I, it's. You didn't like had, Don't Look Up? I, okay. I like Don't Look Up. But I felt like, you know, all, maybe this is just my opinion, even though obviously he has a political like leaning in his work, but even going back to Talladega Nights and all those Will Ferrell movies, making, you know, making fun of your typical like George Bush voter. And they never felt divisive to me. You know what I mean? And I felt like ever since Don't Look Up, and especially in Showtime, which it's incredibly active. I will, the one thing I have to say is I, is I, as someone who follow who like, Loves basketball, knows other Showtime Lakers. I know that's inaccurate, but it's an entertaining. It is incredibly well-directed and well-acted, in my opinion. But still, it's just like, he goes for people's jugular. I mean, I the one criticism I understand the most, Magic's, I get it, just that's personal preference. And I get it's just like, and it's like, he's, he's portrayed as a bit more of a philanderer than I think he would like, which, you know, I don't know how accurate that is, but, like, I can understand being mad at that. Jerry West, I completely understand. He's portrayed like a psycho, like a Jordan Belfort, like level, like just sociopath in in that show. Which, from everything I've heard from former players, is just that have that have both been you know played with him, uh, been coached by him, or been you know under him as the, as a GM, have just completely like dis uh, disproven that. So it's I don't. It's kind of interesting to see someone that kind of had everyone everyone loved who had made you know sports comedies and sports things in the past getting you know one of the most iconic uh, show you know warner brothers money to do you know a full you know show one of the most popular sports teams of all time the fact that it's turned out so poorly in some ways is kind of surprising to me well it's weird how little they actually knew about the team back yes. then. like even when magic was saying he's like you can't put actors in a situation where they think that they could have the mentality that we had back in the day. Like, it makes no sense to me that they would, like, HBO would push through the idea knowing that Adam McKay didn't have all the facts straight. Yeah, I think that's, I think the big thing to you, like, going back to your Magic Johnson uh, interview that kind of always stunned me is that, like, the fact that there was no, like, consultation that, like, but even before even casting happened, that you didn't, like, like, wait, like, you have the general outline for the script, but then as soon as that happens, like as soon as you have like the first draft of the script before you casted it, before you have done any of that, that you don't get Jerry, Kareem, Magic, and you know Worthy all in a room together and get their opinions. So you don't have to listen to everything, but at least get there, get some inside information, get their opinions to inform you. Like that's like they do that with historical movies. They they did that with a bunch of other you know uh, like sports movies in the past and sports shows in the past. So it's just it's kind of shocking to see such a world-class filmmaker just completely. And Adam McKay's, you know, a big LA guy. Like he, he would have complete access. And you, you tell yourself, Magic Johnson, Kareem loves, like Kareem loves talking. Jerry West loves talking. And Magic's one of the nicest people you've ever talked to. So like, I think he would have no problem. Like even if it was like they knew he was gonna like show some of the warts of all of them, I think he'd just come to them and a bit of parent ask, you know, hey, is there anything you would like me to add or make sure like details. Like to make sure I have these are true or not. Like, what's your opinion on them? Like, what, like, on, like, on, in just not opinion on themselves, but like other players. Get Kareem's opinion on Magic. Get Jerry's opinion on, on, you know, Kareem. Like, you know, just the fact that none of that was done is really kind of quite shocking. 
as someone who wants to screenwrite and put out stuff and direct stuff, like you and me both, like I mm -hmm. would rather have the facts straight and be turned down by the people who it's about than to override them and put out something on such a huge streaming service. Yes. With huge, with obvious, huge expectations. Huge marketing it. behind it. Everyone's going to be like, this is like Adam McKay's directing a new show about the Los Angeles Lakers, arguably the greatest era in Lakers history. Yes. And you, yes, don't, and you don't have your facts straight. Yeah. You're, just, uh, you're biting yourself in the ass. Yeah. It's kind of crazy. You know, the, the, I will say it's not the worst, uh, sports thing in the past uh two years that was still a sean payton movie with kevin james i don't know oh, if yeah. you saw that one uh, it's funny because in the end of that movie slight slight spoilers i guess when you know sean payton goes back to the uh saints you know the janitors the actual sean payton which is a funny gag until you until it makes it reminds you how little kevin J james looks like actual sean payton it's just so I'd say I, I'm a big sports movies guy, and I believe I believe Creed three I think might come out later this year. Don't quote me on that; it might be early next year. But so there should be some fun sports movies coming out. But not a great time for sports movie and TV right now. Not that it's a sports movie, but you know what we got to go see is his Father Stew. It's about my parents saw that they love that. My, that's still a sports movie. Just because it's not you know about a, a real sports person, I still think that counts as definite sports movie there. So with that, it is time to end our journey here on episode 514 so of the sad. podcast. I cannot believe you botched the halftime show as bad as you did today. How did I both botch the it? Intro, both the intro and the outro, and you had nothing but bad things to say about Michael Sarah. Shame on you. This was episode 514. It was presented by betonline.ag. What's the promo code, Zach? What, what can we use for that 50% bonus only at betonline.ag? Capital B L E A B 50. And again, if you didn't hear it through that crappy Zoom audio, that is capital B L E A V 50. Bet, bet, bet. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube.